Hey, aren't these a bunch of talented guys and gals, huh? All right. I asked them this week, I text Shannon, I said, I got a song I want you to do. And, and I don't know, she's probably so young, she had never heard that song. But uh, <laughs> she dug it up and they knocked it out and I appreciate it. I'm digging up bones, I'm digging up bones. I just had to start singing, okay? Y'all, I can't sing. All right? But is that not what we do? We exhume things that don't need to be exhumed? Isn't that kind of what our life is about, just digging up bones? We dig up things that need to be left alone. You ever do that? I do. I think we all do. We've been talking about it's time to, and we've talked about it's time for change. We talked about last week it's time to create space. And this week we're going to talk about it's time to quit digging up bones. Because I believe if you want God to do something in your life, you're going to have to quit digging them bones up. You're going to have to release them. You're going to have to let them go. Because see, those, those bones, those things that we keep digging up, they're hurts and, and they're things in our past. They're things that maybe we're ashamed of. And, and a lot of times what, ha- what happens is, is that I'm sure some of you this morning, you're living in the past. Your life is all about digging up bones. And see, when you dig up bones, basically what happens in your life, you just create barriers. Spiritual barriers, relational barriers. And when we do that, it just keeps us in the past. Now see, because that's what we do, that's what we think God does. In other words, you know, there was some sin that was in our life and we asked God to forgive us and then we started committing some other sins. So what we, we think God is going to parade that last sin that one we asked forgiveness with and we just think that's what God does, that He digs up bones. Let me tell you something. If you've asked God to forgive you and you've confessed that, God doesn't dig it back up. He's not like us. He's God. He forgives our sins and then He lets it go. The Bible, I think, says a whole lot about digging up bones. In Isaiah chapter 43, it says, Forget the former things. Forget the bones. Do not dwell on the past. And it says, See, I am doing a new thing. God wants to do something new in your life this year. But if that's going to happen, you've got to quit digging up bones. Look at this passage of Scripture here this morning. Philippians 3.13. Look what it says. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. This is the Apostle Paul that's writing this passage of Scripture, okay? Most of us would think if anybody had achieved it, he had. The guy that wrote most of the New Testament. Look what he says. But I focus on this one thing. Of all the things that that the Apostle Paul, the very guy that Jesus appeared to on on the road to Damascus, the very guy said the one thing that I'm going to focus on is forgetting the past and looking forward or looking ahead to what God is going to do in my life or looking ahead to what God has in store for me. You see, Paul needed to forget the past of what had been done to him, but he had also had to forget the past of what he had done, okay? Not just what he had done to him, but what he had done. Now, if we look at this passage of Scripture, if we don't understand the context of it, if we don't understand where it was written, and if we don't understand the life of Paul, it won't make any sense to us. Because you're probably thinking, well, he doesn't know what I've been through, Stephen. 
That guy was a couple thousand years ago. He has no idea about my life. Let me tell you about his life. He wrote that in a prison cell in a dungeon in Rome. He was tied to a Roman guard probably. And it was probably dictated to somebody else who wrote these passages. He had been whipped. He had been beaten. He had been spit upon because of his stance for Jesus Christ. So this guy is sitting here saying, I need to focus my life on one thing, forgetting my past, forgetting what's been done to me. And then not only was it that, but before he came to Christ, he was a murderer. He had murdered Christians. He himself had persecuted Christians. He had had them killed. He had had them whipped. He had had them beaten. He had made fun of them. So we're talking about a guy that was filled up with bones. So when he says the one thing I need to do is forget the past, he's realizing that that has got to be done because it will hold him back from what God wants to do in his life. And he's sitting there and praying that. So, so what does that look like for you? What bones do you keep give, digging up? What are the bones that you won't let go? What is that thing in your life that God needs to release? Is it guilt? Is it unforgiveness? Is it unconfessed sin? What does he say here? He says to leave the past. What does that mean? Okay? It means to leave the effect of it. He says the word past there, but it means to leave, to leave the effect of it, to let it go, to no longer let it hold you in bondage. You see, if anybody understands the power of guilt and unforgiveness, it's Paul right here that wrote this passage of Scripture. What is keeping you living in the past? Is it not forgiving yourselves? Is it not forgiving others? Because you see, if you can't forgive yourself, if you can't receive God's forgiveness, then you're going to struggle forgiving other people in your life. I believe there's several things that we need to do this morning that keep us living in the past. Number one, it's unconfessed sin. There's unconfessed sin in our life. There's unclaimed forgiveness. It's forgiveness that God has for us, but we just can't seem to receive it or to claim it. And then there's, there's an unforgiving spirit. For some reason, there's somebody in your life that, that, that you just can't get past, you can't forgive. Over the past couple weeks, we've kind of been focused on football, some of us anyway, and, and the college football and the championship. And, and the last two games that Clemson was involved in, there was a penalty called targeting. Basically, when somebody leads with their helmet, and, and when they do, if that happens, then that player is, is disqualified from the game and thrown out. Now, watch this. Listen to me. Some of you this morning feel like you're guilty of targeting in your personal life. Because of a past sin or because of what's been done to you, you feel like you're disqualified. You feel like God can't use you. You can't be effective in the game of life. But guys, that's not true. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, a powerful passage of Scripture, look what it says. 
If we confess our sin, He is what? He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from some of the things that we have done in our life. That's the way we read it. That's the way we live it. Am I wrong? It says, from all unrighteousness. If I could spell, it says form there. (laughs) But the Bible says that He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All. Listen to me this morning. That's what God wants to do in your life, in your past. He is faithful. You see, here's the problem a lot of times in our life. God forgives us, but we don't forgive ourselves. You see, we keep digging up that thing in our life year after year after year. How many of you have prayed, God, would you please just forgive me for this? You've prayed about it, you've prayed about it, you've done it a hundred times. Guys, can I tell you something? The first time you prayed and asked God to forgive you if you were sincere, God forgave you from that thing in your life. Now here's what you've got to do. You've got to change your prayer. And you've got to begin praying, God help me to accept your forgiveness and payment for my sin. That's what you've got to do. Because God has forgiven us, you've just got to embrace it. See, when you confess it, that means basically that you're letting it go. All right? Let's look at this passage of Scripture here, and I think it can help us a little bit to understand how we need to deal with the things in the past in our life. First thing we need to do is involve God in your sin. You're saying, do what, preacher? Have you lost your mind? Not only can you not spell, you're crazy. Listen to me this morning. That's what confession is. Confession is involving God in your sin. It's saying, God, I need your intervention in this area of my life. God, I know it's wrong. God, I know it's separating me from you. And God, I need your involvement. Now listen to me this morning. What is in your life that you're pretending that does not exist because you just don't want to face it or deal with it? Just because you choose to ignore it doesn't mean it's not there. It doesn't mean it'll go away. What are you pretending? Confess it. Involve God in it. Because true forgiveness in our life is not something that we achieve or earn, but it's received. It's it's a free gift of God. Accept His forgiveness. But maybe you're saying, well, Pastor, I, I don't feel clean. Can I tell you something? Don't base your spiritual life and your forgiveness on how you feel, okay? I don't know if you realize it, but my feelings don't tell the truth a lot of times. And yours don't either. Don't build your freedom on something as unstable as your emotions. Because let me tell you something, our emotions can get all out of whack. Accept God's forgiveness. See, I believe today is a day for a breakthrough here in a lot of your lives. But you've got to leave it and let it go. Confession creates a space. We talked about that last week. Confession creates a space for restoration in your life. You see, when you confess that sin and you accept God's forgiveness, then you're letting God step into your life and remove that baggage, remove that thing that's holding you back. 
Now let me tell you what, here's what a lot of us do. We, we, we read this verse and we say, you know, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, period. Okay? We stop right there. But it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. God doesn't just forgive you, he cleanses you. The word there, cleanse, means to purify, to free from pollution, to take away the contamination, to restore you. That's what's happening when we ask God to get involved in our sin. I came across a story that I thought was very effective that maybe it would help us to understand this. A, a man had let his guard down and, and he had got involved in a relationship, an adulterous relationship. And he knew it was wrong. He felt ashamed. And he'd ask God to forgive him year after year. On the outside, he looked fine like many of us do. But in the inside, he was all tore up. He was filled with shame and guilt. And then one day, a friend who he knew noticed something. And he pulled him aside. And he said to him, what's holding you back? What is it that's holding you back? I know it's something. Whatever it is, what's keeping you from rising higher today, the power is about to be broken. And God is going to release you to a new destiny. At that moment, that man broke. And he, he began to weep and to weep. And all the guilt and the shame and the heaviness that allowed him to be par suddenly lifted off of his life. The chain had been broken and, and there was a space for healing and restoration. For years he had believed he didn't deserve forgiveness. For years, he had let this hold him back. Maybe today, that's how some of you feel. Unworthy. That God can't use you because of something that you just won't accept is forgiveness. Here's the third thing I think that we need to do. Is accept his restoration. Accept his restoration. You see, God doesn't just forgive us, but He restores us. He begins to create us from within. We need to embrace the restoration. Look what the Scripture says there. In Him, we have redemption. We have restoration through His blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. You see, when, when we begin to embrace that redemption and when we begin to accept God's forgiveness in our life, then it moves us to the next step of leaving our past. You see, when, when we begin to leave our past, then it enables us to begin to forgive those who have harmed us. You see, you're a sinner this morning. I'm a sinner. But a lot of us are also a result or a product of sinners. Can I ask you this morning, who owes you? Who's done you the greatest damage? Forgiveness is a gift that we receive, but it's also, the Scripture says, it's a gift that God requires us to share. Can I ask you a question, who's damaged you? What scars are you carrying from something that somebody else has done to you? Maybe it's some type of abuse. Maybe it's some type of neglect. Maybe there's something emotional that's happened to you and you just can't seem to get past what has happened. 
Maybe you feel like you're in bondage here this morning. And there's this unforgiveness in your heart that you've tried and you've tried to get rid of and it just won't seem to go. Look what the Scripture says. Make allowance. Make a space for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. You see, Paul had to leave what he had done but also what he had done to others. And until he left what he had done to others and he began to accept what God was doing through him, then God could not use him in his ministry. In the Bible, God compares the sin in our life and God compares the sin that we maybe have done to others or that others have done to us as a debt. Look what he says here in part of the Lord's Prayer says, forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. Guys, these are the very words of Jesus here. And Jesus says, if we aren't willing to cancel the debt. See, that's what he's talking about. That's why he's using that word there. When you forgive somebody what you're doing, you're basically saying to them, you don't owe me anymore. Because you see, when somebody does something to us, here's what we do. We treat them like they owe us. And as long as you think somebody owes you, you'll never be able to be what God wants you to be. And and basically, the the Bible says here that you're not going to be able to experience God's forgiveness in your life. Because forgiveness means canceling the debt. Forgiveness creates a space in our life for God to work in our relationships. Did you hear that? Forgiveness creates a space in our life for God to work in our relationships. And our forgiveness and and our prayer, they hinge on our forgiveness of others. If you're struggling with forgiving somebody else in your life, then you're going to struggle in your prayer life. Because when somebody's done something wrong, we think they've accrued a debt, that they owe us something. But forgiveness is not about keeping score. It's about losing count. Did you hear that? Forgiveness is not about keeping score. It's about losing count. As a pastor and as a a student pastor for over 35 years, guys, this is one of the most damaging things I have seen in the life of unbelievers and believers in Jesus Christ. Because when you wrap your life, when you wrap your mind in unforgiveness and you are letting the person who harmed you stay in your life, watch this, get this. When you fail to forgive somebody that has harmed you or abused you, you are continuing to let that person continue to control your life. The very person that you don't want anything to do with, the very person that's maybe hurt you more than anything else, if we're not willing to forgive them, then we're continuing to let them control our life. Not only are they controlling your mind, but they're controlling your spiritual life. Now listen to me. I know that's hard. I know that's almost impossible. 
But when you refuse to forgive, you're basically choosing to self-destruct in your life. What do you do, Stephen? Bible says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will, shall be opened. Let me tell you what you do. You ask and you say, God, you've got to help me get through this. God, I need to seek you. God, I'm knocking. I need your help. You keep asking, you keep seeking, and you keep knocking. You can't do it on your own. So please don't feel guilty about that. This is something you have got to give to God. We are powerless to do this on our own. It can only happen when the Holy Spirit of God, we seek Him and He helps us to release this thing in our life. You see, when we forgive somebody, we think that we're setting that prisoner free. But what happens is we realize that the prisoner was really us. We were the prisoner. Look what the Scripture says here. Get rid of. Do away with, put away bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, in other words, replace this. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Can I tell you something, guys? That's not a choice. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that is a command. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in a parking lot and, and you grabbed your child's hand? Travis, you ever had to do that? Yeah. You know why I do that? Or when I did that, I don't do it now with my children. I mean, gosh, that'd look kind of stupid, wouldn't it? <laughs> they think I'm stupid anyway, so that's all right. But I remember when Michael, man, he was kind of like Gavin. He'd just run all over the world if you didn't watch him. And, and I remember I would grab his hand in a parking lot and make him grab my hand. He'd try to pull away, you know, I don't need that. Okay? I did that for two reasons, because of my love for him and because of my fear and knowledge of moving cars. Let me tell you something. The reason God is telling you here to get rid of all bitterness is because his knowledge of the damage that it will do to you if you don't release it and his love for you. He created you. He designed you. He knows what you need. He knows what it can do to your life. I want to close with a little story here that I think maybe will help you to relate to this and realize what it can do to your life and how it can destroy you. A number of years ago, in a small village in a, in a place in Africa, a number of people began to get nauseated and they began to get sick and, and they were overcome by a certain disease and, and eventually they began to die. And so they contacted the authorities and, and, and shared with them what was happening. So the authorities came in and, and they came in and tested the water and they found out that the water was contaminated, that, that it was poisoned, and, and they told them that they could no longer drink that water. 
And, and then the authorities began to go upstream to try to figure out what was happening, what was causing that water to be contaminated. And, and when they got to the mouth of the creek there where, where the water ran in, they noticed there was a pig there with its piglets and, and, and it had drowned, drowned there in that water. And because of those dead animals in that water source, it had contaminated the source of their water. So they had to remove that water. I mean, they had to remove those pigs from there so that water could once again run crystal clean. When they removed those pigs, then the water was fine. You see, it's the same principle in our life. There's something in our life that that has happened. There's something maybe that was unfair. It was painful. We don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. But instead of letting it go and instead of receiving forgiveness, we let that situation contaminate our life. But listen to me this morning. It doesn't just contaminate our life. It contaminates every single relationship that we have. You wonder maybe this morning, why, why am I so negative? Why are my relationships a mess? Why am I angry? Why am I dissatisfied? Why does it seem that God can't do anything in my life? Here it is because you've just begun to accept it. You've come to a point where you've just accepted that's the way it is. But that's not what God created you to be. What's contaminating your stream? You need to get rid of it. You need to deal with it. You need to face it. You need to let God have it. Release it. Paul says to leave the past, to let it go. What is keeping you? What's holding you back? Can I tell you something this morning? I believe that right here in this church, that the power of God is ready to break that situation of your life. The power of God is here so that you can be broken. So that you can find that new destiny. So you can see what God needs to do in your life. And and right there in your seat, God wants to release you from that heaviness. That chain that's holding you down. That chain that's a burden to you. God wants to bring some help and healing into that space in your life this morning so that healing and restoration can be created. Will you receive it? Will you receive that healing? Will you let God release you from that brokenness this morning? Will you let God release you from that past? Will you begin to embrace His forgiveness and accept His forgiveness and walk in His cleansing? Get the pigs out of your life. Don't let them continue to contaminate you. God created you with special gifts and abilities. And He wants you to use those for His glory. God wants you to be free. God wants you to experience peace. Peace in your family. Peace in your marriage. Peace in your relationships. Will you release that contamination this morning? Will you let it go? I want you to bow your heads with me this morning.
Nobody looking around. But I just want you to be honest with me because church people sometimes, especially if you've been brought up in church all your life, we were taught not to be honest, to hold it in. If there's some contamination in, in your life this morning, will you just real quickly just put your hand up and say, Preacher, I need your prayer. Just put it up and put it back down. I'm not, I'm not to see it. I just want you to acknowledge it to God. Lift that hand up. Say, I need to be released here this morning from that contamination. You can put your hand back down. Anybody else, you need to say, I just need to be released this morning. Okay, thank you. Anyone else that needs to be released this morning? That you just thank you. Anyone else here this morning? And I wonder if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but you know your life is contaminated by sin and by your past and what's been done to you, and you just need that freedom today. And you need to walk in freedom and and you need the the Spirit of God to to fill your life. You need to follow Jesus and you need to accept Him in your life and, and to believe on Him. The Bible says if we believe on Him and to receive Him, then He will give us that eternal life. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but you want to ask Him to come into your life, to be your Lord and Savior, would you just lift your hand this morning? Anyone here? Just lift your hand, look up at me. Anybody here today? that you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Anyone here? Here's what I want you to do. You can look up at me now. In the next few minutes, we're just going to spend some time worshiping God. And during this time of worship, my prayer is that you will just release what you've been facing. That you will just release what God needs to do in your life. Maybe you can come down here. There'll be some of us. We'll be down here. We'll be praying in the front. There's a cross in the back. Maybe you need to go back there and just write that thing on that piece of paper and put it on the cross and saying, God, I'm giving you this. God, I'm letting this go and let it be a symbol of that. But as we worship and as our our worship team just leads us, I hope that this will be a time of refreshing, a time of renewing, a time of reconnecting for you to our Lord Jesus Christ and you will walk out of here this morning 2020 a new refreshed and released child of God Heavenly Father we thank you so much for your presence your power your resurrection your son Jesus Father, we pray now as we worship you, as we lift up you, that your your power and your spirit will be filled out, Father God. We'll see a movement, Father God, of your spirit. We'll see release. We'll see brokenness. We'll see healing. God, that we will experience your power. We love you, Jesus. Father, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, Heavenly Father, that your Holy Spirit will draw them to you and before they can leave here today, that process will begin. In your holy and powerful name we pray, amen.